Happy Wednesday, everyone. It is Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021, and you're watching a special Wednesday edition of our usually almost but not quite always weekly MFDA webcast and now a podcast that you can listen to uh, in your car as you're driving if you uh, are really uh, that desperate to have something to listen to and you want to listen to me for 15 to 20 minutes or so. But in any case, uh, the reason we're doing this on Wednesday, of course, for those that you follow us, is the uh, office will be closed tomorrow and Friday for the Christmas holiday. Uh, most state offices are closed. A lot of state offices are closed as well. And uh, even ones that are open, uh, at least here in Jefferson City, about 90% of the people have taken vacation days. So there won't be any uh, death certificate processing by our office tomorrow or Thursday. I'm going to be making a run here as soon as I get done with this broadcast. And uh, that'll be it for this week. Uh, keep in mind, we also have a short week coming up with New Year's next week as well. Now, what's the, of course, as always, I should mention, if it is a real emergency, and I mean a real emergency where you need to get a hold of me, go ahead and call the office. Uh, and when you get the answering service, tell them it is a real emergency and that they need to message Don Otto and they will message me. Uh, so that's uh, that's important. If you just leave a message, what they'll do is they'll just send a uh, fax to our office and it will sit here and I won't know about it uh, until uh, I come into the office probably on, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be sneaking in or out to, to check to make sure things. But nevertheless, it is if it is a real emergency, tell the answering service that it is an emergency and they will try to get a hold of me. All right. Well, uh, right after we uh, recorded last week's broadcast, we had some breaking news on the our, everyone's favorite topic, uh, COVID. And so I thought now at the year end, now would be a kind of a good time to sum up where we are with the COVID rules and regulations because it has been getting really confusing the last couple months. Even the experts aren't 100% sure on everything. So I'm just going to give you uh, what the best interpretation that we can get here in Jefferson City is of everything right now. First off, as to the national the uh, national restrictions are requirements that come out of Washington, D.C. The Biden administration has effectively uh, issued three separate mandates, which may or may not affect you. Uh, some probably won't, and many of you won't be affected by any of them, but we want you to let you know what they are just in case. The first one is a mandate at, that healthcare workers, healthcare workers across the country, any hospital that receives federal funds, Medicare, Medicaid, things like that, those uh, people have to be vaccinated if they work there or if they work for them or if they do anything like that. So if you do a, arguably, if uh, you do any work at a hospital where you get paid by the hospital, uh, you might be covered by this. Well, that has been put on hold pending uh, legal challenges to that. So that one you don't have to worry about right this second. Uh, the second one has to do with federal contractors. Anyone that has a contract with the federal government, and this could include uh, a funeral home that was doing uh, embalming for a federal prison, for example. But anyone that has a contract with the federal government to do work for the federal government, 
has to have either vaccines or testing requirements. Well, that was just put on hold this week for Missouri. It is not on hold in every state. It is on hold in Missouri because of lawsuits that were brought up. The last one is the federal mandate for all employers that have at least 100 employees or more. And again, most of our funeral home members don't have 100 employees or more, but there are some big companies out there that we know watch this and that are either members or supporters of the association and are vendors and things like that. And it could very well affect them. That one has gotten very complicated. What that said was that starting a few weeks ago, okay, we're already past the deadline. Starting a few weeks ago, all employers had to either do, uh, have all their employees vaccinated or do mandatory testing of all the employees on a very regular and frequent basis. Well, the stay was issued by the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals that said, nope, uh, you can't enforce that pending a full review of whether or not the government has a right to do that. Well, then the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals just last week overruled the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals and said, no, that stay is no good anymore. And the government can enforce that 100 person rule. Well, one question uh, several people had is, well, how can, you know, these are federal circuits that each cover different areas of the country. And one is not above the other. If you appeal from one of those circuit courts, you go to the U.S. Supreme Court. So how is it that the Fifth Circuit can overrule the Sixth Circuit? Well, the reason for that is because there were so many of these lawsuits filed by different entities all over the country. It fell onto the multi-district litigation statutes. There, is a, uh, there are statutes and regulations at the federal level that when you have multiple lawsuits all about the exact same thing, that those can be consolidated into one circuit court uh, or one even one district court if it's a lower level trial. But one court will handle all of that. And that's what happened here. And they literally did a lottery. They drew names out of a hat. There were so many of these filed in so many different districts that they literally drew a court name out of a hat and said, okay, it's going to be the um, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals that is in charge of this whole thing. And so the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals then ruling wound up in front of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal and the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals overruled what the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals did. Now, no doubt this is going to go to the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, but uh, at least for the time being now, that 100-person rule is in effect. The Biden administration said they're not going to issue penalties for violation of that rule until February, as long as it looks like you're, if you're an employer that has 100 people or more, as long as you're making steps to comply, you're getting the processes going to comply for all of this. So uh, stay tuned, more of that's gonna be changing on the federal level. On the state level, things are also complicated uh, because we had a court ruling here in Jefferson City by a local judge that said that the, ma the mandates, the uh, mask mandates and the limits on how many people could be in a building mandates and things like that, that were issued by 
county or city local health departments were unconstitutional. The rationale for that in the court's decision is because uh, the Missouri Constitution makes it very clear that administrative agencies only have the authority that was delegated to them by the legislature. And the legislature did not, according to the judge, delegate this kind of authority to your local health departments or to the uh, health department in general. Uh, so that is the situation there. So all of those mandates or any mandates that were out there that were issued that said you had to wear a mask inside a place of business or that a business could only have 10 or 15 people in it at one time or whatever, those mandates issued by the health departments were unconstitutional and therefore void. Now, normally a case like that would go up to the Court of Appeals and the Court of Appeals would rule on that. But in this case, the loser, okay, the loser of that lawsuit, which was the state of Missouri, liked the fact they lost, okay? <laughs> they wanted to lose this one and they did. And they decided not to appeal it. So the people who were against the mask mandates filed the lawsuit the people who were against the mask mandates won the lawsuit and the people who lost the lawsuit, which was technically the state of Missouri, the Missouri Attorney General's office that defends all this, uh, decided not to appeal. So that is an effect. So there is a court ruling that says these county health departments. Now, what is the effect of that? It has been very confusing. There are a number of county health departments that have said in light of this ruling, and in light of a letter that went out by the attorney general's office talking about the ruling, we're going to stop anything related to uh, COVID at all. We're not, not only are we not going to issue mask mandates, we're not going to do contact tracing and we're not going to hand out brochures and we're not going to answer people's questions and blah, 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 and so forth and so on. Well, that I think is taking it farther than what the court's ruling said. Uh, because I don't think the court's ruling prevents the counties from doing things that don't mandate people to do things. But, you know, I don't know if it's some of these people are doing it out of spite or they just want to take their ball and go home and won't play with you or they're worried about more litigation or maybe they actually think that's what the ruling says or somebody's told them that. I don't know. But in any case, that's what some uh, county health departments are doing. There are some uh, elected officials at the county level and city level that are very upset with this ruling and have blasted this ruling. And frankly, I'm gonna be honest with you here, this is the political end of it. One of the reasons that they're very unhappy with it is because now if they wanna to try to put mandates on it, they're gonna to have to do it. They, they, can't, they're gonna have, they can't rely on their county health department to issue a ruling. Uh, county council or the city council or somebody might have to step forward and actually take ownership of putting restrictions on businesses, the people who might be actually accountable for what they do. And that's really what it boils down to when you take a look at the ruling is uh, the people who are accountable, the ones that you can vote for, the general rule is they should be the ones making the decisions and putting things into effect. And if they want to pass a law, they pass a law. If they want to pass a local ordinance, they pass a local ordinance. But a lot of elected officials like to not have to do that. 
They want to duck the problem or hide behind somebody. And so they want to have an administrative agency issue rulings and requirements and mandates. And then the elected officials can kind of hide behind that and say, well, it wasn't me. It was this uh, uh, this agency over here that did that. You can't blame me for it. Well, at least as to county health departments, local city health departments, and uh, these mask mandates and things like that, the uh, elected officials can't do that anymore. Now, there was also legislation to pass that puts restrictions on what local county elected officials can do. There's also litigation dealing with that as well. So that is the confusing situation that we have with COVID and the regulations. As far as the health situation goes, obviously, as you know, the Omicron or Omicron or Omicron, uh, by the way, uh, all those pronunciations are perfectly acceptable. Don't worry about that. But the Omicron variant is now, as of today, reaching almost 80% of all new cases in the United States. And it does appear to be much more contagious. And that even if you've been vaccinated in the past or had COVID in the past, you still might get this new Omicron variant. The good news potentially is it does look like from information from South Africa, at least that came out this morning, that the uh, how serious this variant is may very well be less. You, fewer people are going into the hospital or going on ventilators or dying uh, that have the Omicron variant than they did with the Delta variant that was around this last summer. But just because it might be less uh, dangerous, less deadly, does not mean it's not going to cause problems. Because if people catch it, they're going to need to stay home. They're going to need to not be around other people. So it'll probably impact you folks as well. Also, of course, people who are coming to visitations and coming to uh, funerals at your place might be very worried about it because even if it's less dangerous, that doesn't mean it's not dangerous. So once again, we urge all of our funeral homes, regardless of what your local rules might be. Well, first off, be sure you are aware of what local rules you may have, okay? If you still have any local rules in place, uh, check with that. But even if you have no restrictions, which most places in Missouri have no restrictions anymore on anything, but even if you have no restrictions, on uh, requirements for a place of business in your town and your county. The best practices is still, of course, to have masks available, have a little box of masks available and have hand sanitizer available and have the signage that we put up on the website earlier available where it is recommended that people maintain social distance and that they wear a mask, especially if they're not vaccinated. You don't have to require that. Also, best practices is if your staff wears masks when there is a visitation or a public event or a gathering. Even if that's not required, that's a good practice because that makes it, uh, you know, if anybody ever had some kind of complaint, said I caught COVID at this funeral and your staff wasn't being careful about it, well, they wouldn't have a very good lawsuit to begin with, let me tell you. They would not. But by doing things like having masks available for everyone, having hand sanitizer available for everyone, and having your staff wear a mask when you have a event where the public comes to, that will help you even more in the case somebody decides to make a complaint 
about something that may or may not have happened at your funeral home. Of course, you can always let the family know that if the family wants to require people to uh, wear masks at their event, the family certainly is entitled to do that. Uh, because even though your business is not required to have the public wear masks when they come into their business uh, by the state or local government, in most cases, you can still require that if you want. It's your place of business. It's your building. Now, if you want to say nobody comes in here unless they're wearing a mask, you can do that. Now, you probably won't do that unless the family of the deceased wants that. But if the family of the deceased says, hey, look, you know, mom passed away. Dad has an immune system problem. He's older. Uh, we're worried about people. So we would like uh, to have a rule for our visitation that everyone has to wear a mask. Well, if that's what the family wants, yes, your business can say that at the door. Nobody's coming into this visitation without a mask. You might want to talk to the family about what, you, what it is you're going to do if somebody gets upset about that. You know, if somebody uh, gets really crazy upset about wearing a mask, what's going to happen? You talk to the family about that. But yes, you can require that. All right. That is the, uh, that is the news that we have here uh, today. Uh, so we're going to close this off with uh, us from the Missouri Funeral Directors and Bomber Association office saying we want to thank you all for a very, although very challenging, a very successful year for the association from what the association does. We have helped more funeral homes. We have gotten more information out. We have done, we've increased the number of funeral homes that are members. We got a new member in just yesterday. We have more members that are involved in helping other members. It has been, uh, although this has been a crisis this last couple of years, uh, it has been, as Winston Churchill said, in many respects, our finest hours as an association and as a profession. You people out there that are watching this, you have done such a wonderful job for your families and your communities. And whether you know it or not, people really do appreciate you. They don't always say it. I know that, but they really do. And we appreciate you here in Jefferson City. We look forward to hopefully a brighter and better 2022 uh, as soon as this most variant hopefully passes uh, and uh, things get hopefully closer to normal. But whether they do or not, we'll be here for you. And we're very happy that you are here for us. So this holiday season, we want to give everyone, wish you a very happy holidays, a very Merry Christmas. For those of you that have celebrated it uh, a week or so ago, uh, belated happy Hanukkah. Uh, uh, I don't, uh, uh, if there's any uh, happy Kwanzaa for those that, uh, that celebrate that, I, I'm sure I'm leaving out a celebration that takes place at this time of year. Uh, if there's any Druids out there, uh, you know, happy winter solstice. Okay, that was yesterday. Um, and if I'm missing anybody, let me know and I'll include you a year from now at the Christmas greeting because uh, this is a wonderful time to be inclusive, to uh, let your family, your friends, your employees, your employers, your customers, that uh, you're thinking of them 
and you appreciate their thoughts of you. So as uh, Santa said, uh, as his sleigh pulled away, uh, Merry Christmas to all and to all. Well, it's good afternoon, actually. But whatever you're going to be doing this holiday and this New Year's, as always, stay safe.